Hi, I'm Paula. Hi, Paula. I love that. <laughs> in Alateen, when um, as someone's speaking, they say, Hi, Paula. We love you, Paula. Lots and lots and lots and whole bunches. <laughs> and that comes from Komiak. And Komiak is a convention for Alateens from Kentucky, Ohio, Michigan, and Indiana. And um, that is when I really started to love Alateens. Before, I mean, both my parents are alcoholics, and I've known they've been alcoholics since day one. <laughs> Pretty obvious about that one. But um, I... Um, I've always known about Alateen and Al-Anon and AA and what that was, but I never really knew what it meant until I went to Komiak. And I went there, and there's hundreds of Alateens, and they were so awesome. They just loved you unconditionally. And I didn't even have to tell them why I was there, why I was hurting, why I cried at night. They just loved me and were there for me. And if I needed to talk, they would listen. And, uh, and I said, wow. That is really cool. And so I started talking to people, and I was like, wow, you know, things are starting to get better, you know. Okay, my parents are still screwed up, but, hey, I don't have to be <laughs> anymore, <laughs> you know. And I was like, wow, this is this is pretty cool. And um, I started going to Alateen, and I became involved in meetings, and I would talk, and People always tell me, you got to get a sponsor. you got to get a sponsor. I'm like, why? <laughs> None of them have to work the steps, man. <laughs> and I was like, why do I have to do that? <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> I was like, can't I just talk and complain about my parents just a little bit longer? <laughs> you know, it doesn't always have to be about me. <laughs> but um, I did. I got a sponsor. Her name is Diane, and um, I love her. She's been there for me and several other Alateen friends of mine. And um, I started working with her, and I started working on the steps. And um, I had worked on the steps before, and I had got through all of them. But um, I wasn't very honest with myself. <laughs> and uh, and um, at the time that I was, um, I had gotten very lost. And uh, I felt very, very lonely at that time. This was about three years ago. And um, it was right after my parents had just separated. And um, I started um, doing the steps and I thought I was better. And I thought, okay, this is fine, whatever. And um, I thought I was going to be okay until um, I started working on myself. And I did a, a fourth step. <laughs> and I said, whoa, <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> In <laughs> um, Alateen, I, um, I've learned a lot about myself, and uh, I've learned a lot about my parents also, because, like I said, my parents are both alcoholics. Um, my mom's been sober for 11 years, but, um, yeah, she's still an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I was little, I used to think that um, you weren't an alcoholic for the rest of your life. You're only an alcoholic if you drank a lot. And I thought, well, hey, I mean, my mom used to drink, but she doesn't anymore. She's better now. And then my dad, he would uh, he would be sober for a little while, then he'd go back out. My parents would break up, boo-hoo, get back together, and then 
things would get bad again and he'd go back out and I mean that's what's like their cycle they they must have loved that I mean they must have loved breaking up and getting back together because I mean they did it for I don't know how long <laughs> and it drove me nuts my dad would come home drunk my mom would be there waiting for him okay where were you you were drinking you were drinking yes you were I wasn't drinking <laughs> you know like okay you weren't drinking you know, and then my parents would argue until like one o'clock in the morning, and then my dad would leave, and who knows when he'd be back? It'd be like three days sometimes. One time it was even a couple weeks, and then um, then I found out he was doing coke, and I was like, whoa, you know. I knew I was going through a lot, but it was hard for me to realize that my parents were also going through a lot, and so. Um, When I, when I finally realized that my parents were also humans, it hurt a lot because I thought that they were always going to be there for me and they weren't anymore. My mom was always worried about my dad and what he was doing. And my dad was always worried about how he's going to uh, get his alcohol next time and how he's going to hide that from my mom and how he's going to lie to me and my sister. And... Uh, that hurt a lot, and um, when I was about uh, 13 or 14, uh, I used to take advantage of my dad's drinking because <laughs> I knew he wouldn't be home, and I knew my mom would be worried about him, so I would go out. I would sneak out and go meet a friend, some guys, and, hey, let's go smoke a bowl. I'd be like, all right, <laughs> you know, and I used to think that was okay because, I mean, my dad's drinking was so much worse than my own drinking. I thought, well, hey, you know. He's the one who's got the problem, not me. And it's their, re it's their fault I'm drinking. It's their fault I'm doing drugs. And it's their fault I'm sneaking out every night to do this. <laughs> and um, when I was doing drugs, um, I was using it to cover up a lot of things that had been going on at home. Like um, when I was little, I was uh, sexually molested for seven years by my cousin. And I never told anybody. And then when I was about 13, it was a couple months after my 13th birthday, I was raped. And uh, I never told anybody about that either. And um, I had lost all memory of my, uh, when I was little, I had, it was like blackouts. Like I couldn't remember people in my family that I hadn't seen in a while. I couldn't remember names. And I would skip school constantly and, I would I would look at my parents and think, why do you guys still insist on being together, you know, if all you do is fight and argue? And I thought that, at first I thought that was normal for all parents, um, the dad be the alcoholic and the mom be the person who always cried and worried about where he was going and what he was doing. And um, I started seeing other people at school, their parents weren't like that. And I thought, that, that's weird, you know, like, your dad's not an alcoholic either? Like, wow, you know, like, these people are, like, not messed up in the head. <laughs> like, my parents, they, um, I was so confused. And I was hiding so much. You know, very few of my friends knew that my dad was an alcoholic. Very few of my friends knew that I was into drugs and alcohol. And nobody knew about me being molested or raped and um, 
then I met this guy and he was like my first love and um, I I trusted him so much and I told him about all the things that were going on in my life and um, he was like my best friend and he helped me a lot and um, like I told him about what had happened and then eventually I told my mom and then I told and then she told like everybody <laughs> and I got sick. I got so angry with her because I had never told anybody because I always thought it was my job to make everybody happy in my house. And um, uh, I thought if I told them, then they wouldn't be happy anymore and that my dad would find another reason to start drinking again. And um, I didn't think that was very fair to me, but I still insisted on trying to make everybody else happy so that... um, Maybe I could be happy too. And um, at home, like um, like I was starting to read uh, some literature and talked about serenity. And I thought, okay, serenity, that's cool, whatever. I can be calm and peaceful. But um, serenity, it actually scared me a lot because when things were quiet in my house, it was not normal. When things were quiet in my house, it was like, where's dad? Where's mom? Are they going to fight tonight? You know, is he going to have to leave? Are we going to have to leave? Are the police going to have to be called tonight? You know, am I going to be able to go to school tomorrow? You know, and then like, I'd always be afraid to have friends come over because I was afraid that, um, my parents would argue and um, I remember when I was in the fourth grade I had a birthday party at Kosai and uh, my parents got in a fight and they started yelling at each other and my dad like ended up punching one of the little lockers and my friends started crying and I was like your parents don't argue like that you know like and like I was so embarrassed the next day at school because a lot of people found out, like, oh, my gosh, you know, their parents are, like, crazy. Like, and that's when I started, like, not hanging out with people at school anymore because I was so embarrassed by the way my parents acted. And I ended up, like, totally hating my dad and my mom. And I, I, wished, I, I, I wished I didn't live there. I wish I had other parents. And I wished, I wished so many things. And so I, I got real quiet, and I, I started to write a lot. In um, my writing, it started out with, this is how my day went, and things like that, and it started getting into how I felt, and then things, and it started to get how I really felt, <laughs> you know, like, um, I thought I felt one way, but that was, but I really didn't feel that way. I always found it easier to say, yes, I'm happy, and I like the way things are going, rather than, no, I don't like me, I don't like my parents. You know, I don't like my life. It was very hard for me growing up because of the way my parents fought and argued. And um, my mom started going back to school a few years ago. And um, she was also, at the time, working a full-time job, and I, like, hardly ever seen her, like, ever, like, maybe once or twice during the week. And she was always so tired. And, um... My dad, at that time, was drinking again, and um, 
my parents, like, they didn't even talk to each other anymore. And uh, I didn't really, I really didn't understand why. I thought maybe it was because he was drinking. And then I was afraid that my mom would go back out and start drinking again. Because she used to always talk about it, like, I should just go out and get drunk tonight. I mean, your dad does it, you know. And then she'd be like, no, I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't stoop to that level. And she's always confused me really bad. Like, and she's very controlling. I'm <laughs> a very controlling mother. Um, she got pregnant with me when she was 15 years old and had me at 16. And, like, um, when I was little, we had, like, no money. Actually, no money. And uh, we lived in a lot of different places when I was, like, real little. And um, my dad would party and come home, and they'd argue. And then my sister was born. She's three years younger than me, and uh, she's, like, the love of my life. <laughs> I love her so much. And right, uh, she just got out of the hospital, um, she had to go to Harding, which is um, like a psych ward at OSU, because she tried to kill herself. And uh, that really scared me, because I myself have had three suicide attempts. I had scars on my wrists from where I've cut them, and I've tried to overdose on pills. But when I seen my little sister in so much pain, I felt like it was my fault. Like. If I had done something different, you know, to protect her, that things would be okay for her. And uh, that made me very angry at my parents because I felt like they didn't protect me. I felt that if they weren't alcoholics and they didn't have so many problems, then I wouldn't either. I thought, and I felt almost ashamed of my parents because of the way that they acted. And I thought that my dad did not love me anymore because he left and he um, started living with this other woman who didn't like me. And she made that very clear to me. Uh, she said she didn't want me at her house because she was afraid I was going to steal from her. I have never stolen from anybody in my entire life. And that just hurt a lot because I've always been a trustworthy person. And uh, that hurt a lot. And... Uh, then my mom started dating again after my parents split up. And I don't know what it is, but she must like guys that are abusive <laughs> because my dad was abusive towards her, uh, mostly uh, emotionally, not very, not physically. He was when they were younger. But uh, then she started dating this other guy, and they went out for a year or so, and then they just broke up. And I was like, okay, that's cool, whatever. And she started dating this another guy who she had met in the program. He had three kids, and they were all cute and everything. And they uh, started to get a lot closer, and um, they even started looking at houses to buy together. They were talking about marriage, and but they fought constantly. And it was so weird. It was like, like my parents are back together almost. Like. Ugh here we go again, you know, like, not another mom and dad, <laughs> you know, and I was just like, oh, this is great, and then he had three little kids, and I had to babysit a lot, and um, they were brats, too, I promise, 
promise, man. They were, like, terrible. And then um, after about a year or so, I really started to uh, love his kids, and I really started to love him. But my mom and him were arguing more and more and more. And they broke up and got back together constantly. And then, like, a couple weeks ago, they got in a fight, and uh, my mom ended up smacking him. And uh, then he pushed her and told her he was going to kill her and she better, that she better watch out. And I was so scared. I thought, I can't believe this is happening again, you know. Like, I don't understand why my mom just can't be okay with herself and love herself and her children. Instead, she has to be with somebody constantly. And, like, when her and her boyfriend broke up, I'm constantly at home because she doesn't want me to leave. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to be an adult in a year, and I'm going to be moving out. I'm going to be leaving, and I'm scared for you because, you know, when you were little, nobody was there to protect you, and I felt like I've had to protect you, and it's not fair anymore. And then to see her and her boyfriend fight like that, and to see her crying again, it hurt a lot, and I was um, very angry with her and her my boyfriend and um, I just I try so much to make other people happy and try to understand why they're in so much pain so that I don't have to focus on my pain and um, sometimes I wish that my mom could just be happy you know I love to see her happy I like to get her stuff and every time she comes home I love you mom and I know my mom loves me. Me and her used to fight constantly when I was about 13 or 14. Like, I would like, get terrible grades in school. I would never go to school. She would constantly find out I was skipping school. I'd be grounded every other day. <laughs> and um, then uh, after I told her about me being raped and sexually molested, and, um, she cried a lot because she felt like she didn't protect me. And I felt that she didn't either, but I really didn't want to tell her that. <laughs> I really didn't. I thought that um, she really didn't need to know what's going on in my life because it was my job to fix her, not her job to fix me. And uh, Which really isn't true, but it was always e easier for me to do that than to take care of myself. And uh, I always constantly talk about, I love me, you know, like, and uh, I used to have this big poster on my wall that says, I love me, <laughs> you know, and I have this shirt that says, it's all about me, and, <laughs> and I constantly talk about, see, me, universe, okay, <laughs> me and Amanda over there, my best friend, and, um, <clears throat> Um, but I'm not really true with most of, most of my friends. Like, I let them see one Paula, but I'm really another Paula. <laughs> and I think sometimes that's okay. Like, I have certain friends in my life that mean certain things, and I can come to them and talk to them about other things. But, like, relationship with, with guys, like, I like boys. <laughs> They're cute. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They're a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun. Get lots of candy and money and dates. And, Cause I like to go to the movies too. And so, um, like, so it act 
for guys, I act real cute and I dress real sexy and I put on this little smile like, hi, you know, so I can get what I want. <laughs> because living with two alcoholics, I learned to manipulate people very well, very well. Like, I can guarantee you I can get out of anything. I just can't wait till I get my first being ticket so I can try and get out of that. <laughs> like, hi, officer. <laughs> you know, I just, I, I think it's fun to manipulate people. And my sponsor's always like, you can't do that. <laughs> like, oh, but come on, it's so much fun, you know. And uh, <laughs> I think I get that one from my mom. She uh, she can definitely manipulate people to anything she wants, she gets, and so, um, but sometimes it's bad. Like, I would, like, manipulate my parents to try to get things that I want and end up getting grounded. <laughs> you know, like, oh, okay, this one won't work. <laughs> and then, uh, then I would try to, like, take the easy way out of things. Like, I wouldn't, like, at school and stuff, like, I would only do like C work even though I could do A work just enough to get by in class and then I would sleep for the rest of the period and I just like really stopped caring about things right after my parents split up because like I was real into music like I had bought electric guitar and like yeah cool now <laughs> you know because my dad was a drummer and my mom back in high school she used to play guitar and I thought, okay, this is one thing me and my dad can share together because we had never shared anything else before other than music. And I thought, wow, this is going to be cool. You know, we can, like, have jam sessions and stuff. And after he left, I, like, put my guitar down, and it got so bad, like, the strings rusted. And, like, I thought, man, you know, what have I been doing this whole time? And, uh... I've been like hiding stuff, you know, like putting things down farther and farther. And man, I remember one day, me and my sister were in an argument, and it was over a purple pen. I remember it so clearly. We were, I was trying to write something, and she's like, "You're not using my pen." And I said, "Oh yes, I am." We started arguing, and uh, she ended up like hitting me, and I just started crying. I just broke down and that's when I had my first anxiety attack my heart started beating so fast I couldn't breathe and I ended up blacking out and I like uh I passed out and oh it was terrible I didn't know it was wrong with me and I thought oh my gosh what's so wrong you know and uh I started having panic, panic attacks all the time like I could school and stuff like I would just like run to the bathroom just start crying for no reason I had no clue what was going on with me and then like uh When I was a freshman, I developed an eating disorder, and uh, I had never told anybody about that either. Like, I went down to 109 pounds, and uh, I was like nothing but skin and bones, and I had dark circles under my eyes, and I was doing drugs, and I was hanging out with the wrong people, and like... I knew all these things were wrong, but I didn't know how to get them out. And so I um, used things like um, like not eating, you know, because I could worry about my weight rather than, um, you know, how I felt on the inside. It's easier to look at the outside than the inside.
because, you know, I mean, the mirror's right there. <laughs> you know, just look at that and say, okay, I don't like that. I can change that. And I thought, I can't change what's inside because I just can't. I don't know how. And uh, so I started going back to Alateen when uh, my parents broke up. And I met some really cool people. And they told me that... Uh, um, that they love me, and I thought, wow, you know, like my parents would always tell me that they love me, but for some reason, like I really never felt it, especially from my dad. I thought he only says that because he has to, and uh, I thought, man, you know, I really wish somebody would really love me, just for me, you know, not everything else, you know, not the way that I looked, not the friends I had, or the clothes I wore, you know, I wanted someone to really love me as a friend because I never had that. I never had a real good friend, you know, because my friends would always use me and I would let them. I would let them use me and I would use them too, you know, and it's just, I thought that's how it worked, you know, you got what you wanted from somebody and then you moved on to somebody else and and then I came to Alateen, you know, I realized that's not how it really works, you know. It works from the inside first, you know, you gotta, um, you know, admit that you're powerless over that. And when the first time I heard that, I said, what do you mean powerless, you know, over alcoholism? I mean, yeah, you have all the power you want, you know, like, I thought all my dad has to do is quit drinking and he'll be fine. And it wasn't like that at all. Like, when he did quit drinking, he was what some people consider like a dry drunk, you know, just like angry all the time, yell, throw things, and just be really mean to people, and um, especially to me, he used to always call me names, and make fun of me, and that just, it hurt so much, and I didn't realize that the things that my parents were doing was affecting me, until I came to Alateen, and I realized, okay, you know, this is what's happened to me so far in my life but right now I'm at a crossroads and I need to decide whether I'm going to keep carrying this with me or I'm going to get rid of it and be a happy, joyous, and free and uh, I decided I'm going to be happy, joyous, and free I'm not going to live like my parents I'm not going to keep carrying this baggage you know because I'm a beautiful person whether some people think I am or not, and I am. <laughs> and uh, I learned that in Alachino, so that um, I don't have to be everybody's friend. I don't have to make everybody happy. As long as I'm my friend and I'm making myself happy, then that's cool. And the only person I really need to worry about is me right now, because uh, I got a lot going on at school. And there is a lot going on at home, but... I learned Alateen that you can detach with love. Like, I had heard that before, but I didn't really understand what it meant. I thought you, you detach, like, okay, you still love them, but, like, you're just a little bit attached to them. Like, you still worry about them. You still try to take care of them. But um, we do this thing in uh, Alateen. It's called unconditional love. Everyone stands, like, in a circle, and they pull hands, and then they count off one and two. And the one, they stand still and the two they go around and we usually play music like something that really means something to us and uh, the two they well the ones they stay there and they close their eyes and they have their hands to the side and they just stand there like this 
And the two, they go around and they give that person a hug. And the one, they can't hug them back. And, uh, like, the first time I did, I thought, this is so weird. You know, like, people are hugging me, and I don't know why. But then um, my sponsor explained it to me. She said, well, Paula, the people who are standing there with their hands to their sides are the alcoholics because, and when you're standing there, you're representing your alcoholic in your life. You want to love this person, but you don't know how to, and so you can't return that hug. And the people who are giving the hugs are loving these people, even though they can't love them back. And my sponsor, once I'm gonna close thing, she said, you know, your dad's an alcoholic, and it's like uh, going to the hardware store looking for a loaf of bread if you know you want to get that love from him. <laughs> and I said, you know, that's so true. You know, I've been looking for love and friendship and things from everybody else, but I never once looked for it inside of me. And uh, so I started looking for it inside of me, and I, at first I thought, okay, I'm doing better now, and then I started, like, working on my steps, and I got so crazy. I said, okay, I'm done. I don't like this anymore at all. <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> and my sponsor told me, she said, that's okay if it's not fun. But you know what? You're going to be happy with yourself when you're done. And she said, you can work on it little by little if you want. And she said, you can always call me if you want. And I said, I know. But it's hard to ask for help sometimes because when I was little, I always had to do everything myself. Like since when I started kindergarten, my mom started making me do my own laundry. <laughs> so like... Like, since I was little, I mean, I got up in the morning, I woke my parents up, woke my sister up, made lunch, packed a lunch for everybody, ate everybody breakfast, and I came home, I washed the dishes, did the laundry, took out the trash, fed the dog, and I thought, okay, this is so cool, I'm the mom now, you know? And that's because my parents were always busy and working and arguing with each other, and they didn't really have time to take care of me, you know? They had to take care of themselves first. So I thought, you know, like, okay, they just got to do their thing. I'll do my thing, and I'll be fine. And so I, I was a little, I was so independent. Like, I didn't depend on anybody. I never once asked for anybody for help when I was little. And then my sponsor says, whenever I need help, to call her. And I said, how do you do that, you know? How do you ask someone? Okay, I'm so sad right now, and I'm crying, and I don't know why. What do I do, you know? I mean, I didn't know how to tell that to somebody. I didn't know how to tell somebody that uh, that my dad was an alcoholic and that I was afraid that he didn't love me anymore. You know, I didn't know how to tell that to somebody. I didn't know how to tell them how that hurt me. And, uh, and I didn't know how to tell people that. I didn't know how to ask for help. And so I tried to do everything by myself. And it didn't work. And I getting frustrated with myself because I was like, why is this not working? You know, I'm doing what you're telling me to do. But I just, I wasn't asking for help. And uh, one of my favorite slogans is, uh, together we can make it because uh, I could not have done it by myself. I could not have uh, be who I am today without uh, the help from Alateen, my sponsor, and my friends. And I thought for a long time that I could. I thought that, okay, I'm just going to do this step and I'll be better tomorrow. And it really didn't work that way. 
And then, then, man, my father told me I need to find a higher power. And I said, what's that? <laughs> Is that God or something? <laughs> like, and who is that? <laughs> you know, like, higher power, okay. All right, I got one. Now what? <laughs> She's like, no. And then she told me that, uh, like, for a long time she didn't believe in God. And I said, really? I was like, you know, I really didn't either. I was too angry at him or her. You know, I was too angry at God to to go to him for help. Like, you're not going to help me. What the hell you did, you know? And so she said, it doesn't have to be God, Paul. You know who my higher power is? And I said, who? My Indian princess. She said, one night I had this dream. She said, when I first got sober. And uh, she was... Indian princess. She had this leather like dress on. She had moccasins and she had this long dark hair and she was very pretty and she was laying in or sitting in the middle of the forest and she had these butterflies and the deer and everything and I just remember looking up and I was sitting in her lap and she just says, Diane, it's all going to be okay. And she said from then on she called her higher power her Indian princess because that's who she went to when she needed help. Because she knew everything was going to be okay. And I thought, wow, you know, I want an Indian princess too. And so I thought, okay, I don't have to believe in God, but a higher power would be pretty cool. You know, I can go to them and go to my higher power and say, okay, look, look what's going on right now. What do I do? Help me. And so every morning I get up and I say a serenity prayer and I say, God, please help me today. Because I know every morning it's a chore for me to get up. That's my uh, first big step of the day is getting up in the morning. <laughs> and okay, today is going to be okay. <laughs> and uh, it's taken me a lot to uh, say that today will be okay because there's been many times where I thought, can only be worse tomorrow, can only be worse tomorrow. And, uh, and this one night, I... I uh, I came home from a friend's house, and uh, I had been drinking that night. And uh, my doctor had prescribed these pills to me, called Paxil. They're like a this thing to help me with my anxiety disorder. And uh, I still had some uh, alcohol left over, and I was like, oh my God, you know, I'm so mad at my mom right now. I just, she don't love me no more. I know she can't. I mean, she can't. She can't love me, you know. I'm just a horrible person. I'm a horrible daughter. And so I took the whole bottle of pills. And I drank the rest of my alcohol. And I prayed. I said, God, please do not let me wake up tomorrow. And I uh, and I went to bed. I ended up uh, passing out in bed. And uh, I woke up in the middle of the night. And I started getting sick. And I just I kept getting sick. And uh, like I was all pale. And I thought, oh, God, please just let me die. Just leave me alone. Let me... Let me end it now because I'm in so much pain and I don't know how to get rid of it. I just want to die. And uh, I just remember thinking, that's all I want to do right now is I just want to die. I don't want to be here anymore. You know, nobody loves me and I don't even love myself, so why should I even be here? And uh, I was like, and I took the whole bottle of pills and I'm like puking right now and I'm, I, I just want to die, and it's not fair. I can't even die. I can't be happy. I can't, I can't even be sad anymore. 
I was just in so much pain that I couldn't, I was totally and completely numb. And I just I hated everything and I hated everybody. And I just, I wanted to be completely done with everything. And I woke up the next morning feeling really sick. And uh, I didn't tell anybody I took the pills. And I just was really mad at myself. I said, man, I should have took some more pills or drank some more alcohol. Because, and then maybe it would have worked then, you know. I wouldn't have to be here. And uh, it was so weird. Like, And then I, I got a phone call from my sponsor, and she said, oh, I just want to call you and tell you I love you. And I thought, oh, man, you know. Last night, I tried to kill myself, and today my sponsor calls me just to tell me that she loved me. That was definitely my higher power telling me something, and I really didn't realize it until her words of Paul, I love you. Because at the time, my parents, they weren't telling me they loved me anymore. They said, Paul, you know, can you cook dinner tonight? I'm not going to be home. All right, Mom. Can you make sure Nellie gets up in the morning so she can get to school on time? All right, Mom. And Dad, come home. Oh, I feel so good. I'm going to bed. Make dinner for you and your sister. Okay. Remember one time? I was like, here's some money. Can you go get some groceries? I said, okay, Mom. And that was the relationship I had with my parents for a while. Was, okay. You know. They really didn't ask me how my day went. And if they did, they really didn't care. Like, how was your day? And I started telling them, and they'd be like, I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed. Is that okay? Yeah, I'm making dinner tonight again. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you know, I was just like, wow. You know, I thought, no, they cared about me. I thought that, that they were using me. And so I stopped caring about them, too. And... I stopped caring about other people. I stopped caring about myself. And when I started going to Alatina, I realized that um, I can detach with love, as I said earlier. And so when I learned that I can do that, I um, I said, okay, I love my parents now, you know, but um, they don't have to. I don't have to live with their pain anymore, you know. I have my own pain. They can have theirs back. And so I gave it back to them and I said, This is yours. It's not mine to keep anymore. You know. And so that was like the uh icebreaker, you know, I said, Here's your pain back, you know, here's your stuff and I'm gonna keep mine and I'm gonna work on mine. And I started working on mine. I started calling my sponsor and I said, Okay, I don't feel so good today. You know, I had a rough day at school. My teacher yelled at me. You know, I got a bad grade. And, uh, you know, my friends are being, you know, what? And she said, that's okay. How are you doing today? I said, well, what do you mean? She's like, I don't care about your friends or your parents or, you know, what your grades are at school. How are you today? I'm okay. Did you hear me? My teacher yelled at me earlier today. <laughs> I don't care about your teacher. How are you doing today? And I was like, man, you just don't quit it, do you? <laughs> and, uh, 
That's really cool. I I I just I love my sponsor. She's helping so much, and uh, she. Uh, I think she like helped me get here today because uh, she told me, you know what, Paul, you've grown a lot in this program, and you've uh, worked hard, and I think you should be state rep. And I said, state rep? Are you serious? <laughs> She's like, yeah. She was like. Uh, no, you can do it. You like talking to people, and you like making people laugh, and she was like, and you'd be good because you love to uh, teach other people about the program, and you love coming to meetings and talking to other people, and um, she's like, and you have a pretty uh, strong foundation now, you know, and I said, you know, that's true, and I will run for state rep, and so I did, and I got it, and I was like, yay. I did it. And then it's like... (laughs) And then after I was there, I was like, oh my gosh, this is really cool, you know, because I was like, you know, like, that's kind of relief, you know, because I can look back and see, wow, that's what I did, you know? Like... I can remember just thinking I wanted to die at one point in my life, and now I'm thinking, I can't wait till tomorrow, (laughs) you know? And, like, right now I'm working, and I love working. I love it so much. And Because I'm not very good at school at all. I don't get very good grades, and I don't like going home and doing an English report, you know? I'm like, I can't type. I can barely spell, (laughs) you know? How am I going to type this three-page report by tomorrow? (laughs) So I love working, and I like a fast-paced work. There we go. (laughs) And uh, I'm a waitress at Frisch's, and and I love it because I get to talk to new people all the time, and I um, I get to be on my feet, and I get to be doing something. I can be doing something constantly, and I don't have to just sit there and look at the teacher and the board and be like, okay, what did you just say? <laughs> you know? Like, uh, so I found something I like. I like working and I like uh, working with other people and I like talking to other people and um, and then throughout teen I found that I found that there's things I like and there's things I don't like and uh, sometimes I have to do things I don't like and the things I do like I can do more than once a day. <laughs> you know? Like, I get to choose what I do today. I don't have to, uh, you know, live with so much pain, so much hurt, and 